Um, how is has uh, it been two weeks? I don't know. How is no, Chinese New Year? I, I uh, mercifully uneventful, or well, less eventful than usual. Given that I've missed it for three years, it's actually been quite. Uh, how have you yeah, missed a bit it for three years exactly? So. Okay, so last year I was away, right, for obvious reasons in the US. Uh-huh. Um, but the year before I was in Sumatra doing field work. Okay. So, yeah, so this is the third year. Uh, well, this is the, the, the this basically, I missed it for two years, so this is the third year now. Finally right, back. right. Well, last year my family was in, um, we were in Thailand. Uh, so we were on, good... in Thailand on holiday. And okay. it was actually a bit, of a strange trip because when we went, COVID wasn't a thing, and when we came back, it was. Mm. It was a very. Oh, it was shit. that very short period. Where, that window of ignorance, merciful ignorance. Yeah, exactly. So when we went, <laughs> you know, you're still going around. Life is normal. Then, yep. in the middle of our trip, our tour guide said, "By the way, have you heard about this new virus? Because Thailand was one of the first countries to get it, right?" Right, yes. So, yeah, it's like, do you hear about this new virus? Better wear a mask Oof. and stuff like that. And, like, overnight, overnight, all the infrastructure went up of, like, okay, yep. now to get into a, to get into anywhere, you have to take your temperature, you have to, you know, sanitize yep. your hands and, and yada, yada, yada. I mean, the SARS yeah. SOP kicked in, which, you know. Correct, correct. I mean, I think anywhere in Southeast Asia, you, you have, because of the memory of SARS, like, all yeah. of that, Infrastructure has just been there and ready to be activated anytime. I think and I just, you know, I mean, it's been a year. Okay, I I was, I I was just gonna say up. like okay, yeah. I was like, no, but where it's been did a the year. audio go? Okay, yeah, it's been a year, and uh-huh. many parts of the Western world still don't have this infrastructure in place. I mean, for fuck's sakes. No, um, yeah, nope, they don't. I mean, um, you know, there is some critique to be had about the whole temperature taking thing being a bit of a sort of a you know illusion, a, a sort of performative theatre. Yeah. yeah, but you know, it is still part of a larger slew of measures to detect and weed out people who are infected. I mean, for fuck's sakes. Yeah, I mean, I I I'm not sure what exactly is going on because the thing about <clears throat> SARS, right, that mm. we have established by now was that um, it's much more deadly but less transmissible. Yes, and so. I think, um, I okay. Here's the narrative that never existed about SARS, which is nobody would ever say that SARS was comparable to a flu, which is what yeah. some people say about COVID. Which is to me is crazy <coughs> because with all the stuff that we are hearing now about a potential long COVID and reinfection and so on, um, the fact is we don't know enough to say that it's no worse than a flu. Right, um, a lot of this is you know bad faith misinformation. I correct. Think. That, that that much we must acknowledge. Right. Correct. This is yeah. This is targeted misinformation aimed at sort of undermining and, public I mean, health responses. Like to be honest, if you got COVID <coughs> and it was barely a blip on your radar and you recovered from it and it's fine, good for you. But mm-hmm. there are many others who will not be so lucky. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so last year we were in Bangkok. <coughs> the year before that, yeah. I, I don't remember. But my, my family does have a habit of, um, shall we say, escaping uh, <laughs> when there is the opportunity. So, Right. Yeah. So, Which actually is a very good policy, I think. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 
the way I would think of the way I think of it is like there are there are some family that I only see during Chinese New Year that I like, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it does suck to miss that window, right? Um, especially for those that you know are not like of our generation and are not easily you know I have no idea how to contact them. Right. Yeah. Like I don't yep. have their phone number. I don't even know who they are, to be honest. Like, what is the relationship exactly? And it's like every year <laughs> you're told, right? Every year you're like, yes. oh, they are like your blah, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are like my my cousin's uncle's son-in-law yep. or something. I I don't know, but um, but it's like once a year you go there. They bring out all the food. Then they are very nice to you. You have a decent conversation well, and then you don't see them again for I like mean, another year. Nice in inverted commas, right? Nice is one of those things where, again, it's a performative thing. I mean, okay, it's to, let, let's put it this way. It's performative, but when you've, you know, let me also put it this way. Like, I think in good faith, right? I have no reason to believe that yeah. you're not sincere. Because there are some Fair people enough. you can tell it's clearly an act, mm. right? Mm. But true, um, true. yeah, with with some of these this family, uh, not really. But on the other hand, <laughs> for the people who are around our age, like they are relatively easily contactable. If I wanted to, yeah, to say yep, exactly, hey, we miss Chinese New Year, but we still like to see you. <laughs> if there is a need to, yeah, you know, you can always arrange yeah. something on the site. Yeah, at any other point in time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Let's move on because I don't really want to dwell on yes. Chinese New Year. There's and, not, I'm, I have nothing much to say about this. And I'm honestly glad in inverted commas that this year there is a very legitimate excuse not to go visiting. So Yes. Well, I, I never did go visiting anyway, but so, uh, yeah. I mean, oh, not right. particularly unusual in my case. In my, uh, right. Yeah. But let, okay. let us move in, on. In non-New Year, non-COVID news, what has been going on? Absolutely nothing. Uh <laughs> I mean, I, that, that sounds like a relief, to be honest. But it, well, no, I mean nothing in the sense that you know I'm still trying to settle into the semester. I'm having uh, a stress-related skin outbreak, probably. Oh, so you know, I yeah, it's you know, it's been it's been difficult trying to adjust. So I, I mean, this is the stupid thing. I thought I would have no classes with uh, face-to-face. Well, I mean, with uh, synchronous contact time this semester. Turns out I have. Two classes with synchronous contact time this semester. How how and did that, that happen? Time. Like, did they change it? Uh, or they just weren't clear no, about they the forgot to. They weren't very clear about the fact that there was going to be tutorial hours. Right. Okay. <laughs> so um, I was initially under the impression that it was just going to be you know oh uh, asynchronous lectures, and then it turns out boom. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, for one class, the sort of synchronous tutorial is optional but i feel like it's still important to show face because right. you never know what the lecturer is going to say right or has and it's not recorded kind of it's not recorded <sighs> nothing is recorded for for this semester so um yep yeah, i mean thankfully though i'm teaching the same class as i did last semester so right. a lot of the stuff i've already pre-recorded or you know done it ahead of right. time uh, and my, my, my uh, the instructor who is a different instructor for this course this semester is quite thankful that I recorded a whole bunch of stuff as well. Right. <clears throat> I mean, all, of, all of that's good. Yeah. I am yeah. approaching the midterm. So the midterm exam oh. is the uh, is the upcoming week. Mm-hmm. And the... Okay, so here's the situation with, with the class, right? The entire degree program um, was meant to be... Is meant to be... Asynchronous, 
So right, yes. Um, you can watch lectures like lectures are recorded, uh, pre-recorded up front, and you get them at the all of them at the start of the semester. Assignments mm-hmm. are released as they as 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 is yeah. As as, when, I mean, as when, so basically, yeah. they don't they don't dump all the assignments on you up front. Basically, it's like <laughs> okay, assignment one opens is due next week. Assignment two opens mm-hmm. after assignment one is you know or near the due date of assignment one. That kind of thing. So. There is yep. a certain um, natural pace to it. Then there are uh, instructor office hours, open office hours mm-hmm. for the instructor. Then there are private office hours for the TAs. And ah, the, which yeah. reminds me, I got ghosted by an undergrad for the first time today, uh, this week. Ghosted? Undergrad email, I mean, undergrad emails me, says, hey, I need a consult, you know, can we set up a meeting uh, to discuss this and this assignment. I said, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, there was some confusion because I had to keep shifting the time because of different meetings here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, we finally agreed on the timing. I showed up. I sat on that Zoom call for one hour and no one showed up. Great. Did you <laughs> have some um, firm words with said undergrad afterwards? No, I did not. I'm trying... This is the new nicer me. <laughs> Uh, I'm assume you know this is the 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 new and rebranded uh, pleasant me personality, which uh, <laughs> I don't know whether you're gonna anyone's gonna buy it or not. But you know, I mean, I don't really. Account, but okay, fa- fair enough. No, fair, <laughs> fair play to you. But it's you know it's one of those things where I can't really assume what's going on with the students' personal circumstances. Okay, well that I'm part is gonna... true. That part is true, right? right? Like right now, you know, there is a lot of crap hmm. going on. Yeah, I mean, right now I have zero expectations of. Okay, no, that's 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 not fair to say. Right now, my expectations for everyone are sufficiently diminished, um, right. and I have to account for the fact that many of my undergrads may not even have stable internet connections for some of the time. That is also true. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, and I know this undergrad has to work a day job as well. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's not. I think fair for me to demand, you know, any kind of observance to punctuality from this from any of my students, um, right. given the circumstances. That's that's fair, right? Yeah. If it were NUS, I'd be a little bit harsher, maybe, because many of the NUS kids, at least, are relatively privileged. But that you know, I'm not true, teaching yeah. at Harvard. I'm not teaching at Yale. I'm not teaching at Cambridge. I'm teaching at the University of New Mexico. So, yeah, scale it back. I think, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, this is not to knock, you know, the University of New Mexico. It's just that the demographics and the the the, the socioeconomics of the situation make it such that you you can't afford to be a hard ass. I think the way I would put it is, if you look at the degree going population in the US, right, mm-hmm. and you look at the fact that, like, even NUS in Singapore, the way that we have our education system set up, the people who go to NUS tend to be. Um, tend to be privileged for sure, right? Like, if you're looking at, like, percentile of income and things like that, it's naturally going to gravitate to the top because just because in Singapore, the admission to university is deliberately selective. Like, if you don't yes, hit I mean, certain... you're drawing from yeah. a significant chunk of the junior college going population, which is already Correct. a very small fraction of that year's school-going batch. Correct. And then you're drawing another, I think, 30% off from the polytechnic... Uh, 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 Going population, which is also you know going to be correlated to some extent with class. Correct, and then 
Did I lose you? In, yeah. So, and then, yeah. you know, you, of course, this is a discounting faculty to faculty differences as well. Yeah. If you're in the faculty of medicine or law, law well, yeah. yeah. Then, I mean, if you think about the situation in the US, right? Um, I mean, barring aside special cases like University of Texas, right? Because the Texas system is... It's 10%, I, is it? It's pretty contentious. But yes, if you hmm. go to a public school and you finish in the top 10%, you are guaranteed a place in hmm. a Texas public school. Yeah, a, a public UT, university. Basically. Um, okay. I don't know if... Is it just a UT? No, I don't think it's just UT. Like, you're guaranteed a place okay. in whichever Texas public university, but I don't know whether it's specifically any one of your choice or how, how it works right. exactly. Uh, and then, of course, that leads to a whole slew of other arguments about, like, you know, not all public schools are the same. If you go to a public school yeah. in an underprivileged area, it's much, in again, in quotes, easier to get into a top 10%. Mm. But then that's not really the conversation that we are having Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, is if you go Texas to Texas A and M, a public university. Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they are both public systems. Mm. Whereas, I mean, in the case of like, University of New Mexico, I mean, just across the board, um, UNM and NMSU, they just they yep. serve like a very large and very varied population, and mm-hmm. of course, yes, admissions are selective, but you are still drawing from an entire pool of people who have completed high school, right? Yep. As opposed to a pool of people who have not just completed high school, but gotten certain grades and correct, and so on and so forth. It's, so, I mean, I found rather interesting that NMSU, I think, has a higher enrollment than UNM. Is that the case? If I'm not, is it? No, well, UNM isn't the highest enrollment university in the state, if I'm not wrong. Okay, let me take a look at uh, this. Yeah. And clicky khaki. Um yeah. I'm I'm opening up I'm using Firefox f- right now. Uh. Because um I have so many tabs open in in uh okay. Chrome. And <laughs> Okay, let's see. This is just undergrad enrollment though. UNM has a higher undergrad enrollment than NMSU. Okay. Uh, I think it's one of the community I colleges then, is it? It could be. It could be. Uh, I think UNM has definitely has higher overall enrollment, at least in if you're compla- if you're comparing flagship to flagship. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Let's see. Anyway, NMSU is further south, so it's one of those. It's it's serving a much more rural area. It's in Cruces, Las Cruces. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can't quickly find this information one of two flagships so um is there like uh, can i just like click somewhere and see i can't new mexico education like university system or something i don't know i think i saw this on the albuquerque wikipedia page is is that right right? i I cannot remember new mexico university system there we go yeah List of <clears throat> colleges and universities in New Mexico and sought by enrollment. No, UNM is the largest. Okay, it is the largest. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, then the second largest is Central New Mexico Community College. That's the one I was thinking of, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that has yeah. a larger enrollment than New Mexico State. Okay, okay, right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, but um, I mean, in any case, I okay, so here's the other thing. 
um, okay, wait, let me let me finish the original thought that prompted this, which is yes, sorry. which is that in my program, right, everything is asynchronous. The, the deal is you don't ever have to attend a synchronous lecture, uh, but there are open instructor office hours or instructor mm-hmm. open office hours, then TA private office hours. That's when you have a specific question and you want to get a TA to help with it, then there are recitations, which are TA-led, and that's when a TA goes over material that appear in the lectures, right? Mm, And all of this, uh, not the private office hours, but the open office hours and the recitations are recorded, and anybody can go and watch them after the fact. So they try and have them at varying time zones, or at varying times, so that people from different time zones can, you know, drop in on one live. Yeah. Um, so far, to be honest, I've skipped all the recitations. <laughs> I have tried to do <coughs> a Saturday evening open office hours. Right. But for me, it's, a, it, okay, it's a very strange thing to, to realize, right? Because the situation of when stuff is optional that's when you realize, okay, am I getting the educational value out of the, the time that I'm putting in? Um, and I know that from as a as a teacher, right? It yeah. is not something that you want to think about. The idea that your students <laughs> will be sitting in class and not actually learning anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's a reality that you have to get used to. I mean, much as yeah. it's undesirable, it is yeah. very much the reality. But I also think this is a situation of, um, especially in one-on-one level classes, where mm-hmm. you're always going to get a wide variety of abilities because some people come yes. in already with some preparation. Some people come in without the preparation, but with an aptitude, right, that they didn't know they had. And others come in, um, and they have to work bloody hard to get anything done, right? And so you already have I mean, that, that wide range. I'm of not abilities. sure I see that range of aptitudes in my class. I don't <sighs> All know. right, okay. Then I have then I have, I have no comment. I'm I'm just commenting right on my from mm. my own, you know, yeah, from my own um, point of view. And I definitely am on the upper end of this spectrum, right? And that's not mm-hmm. bragging. That's just no, it's because, that, that. you know, we, our system in Singapore has prepared us fairly well for many of the higher level yes, courses. Yes, but also it is introduction to software development. Mm, <laughs> and, You've had right, more than a healthy and, background in that already. Yeah, and I've had a lot of exposure since. I. So this is the other thing. I applied to Penn at the end of July, right? And then from August onwards. So the program is specifically intended for people without a strong background or without any prior background in computer science. And they are very, they're explicit in saying that if you can place out of two or more classes, you are too advanced for this program. Oh, right. Because their goal is specifically to get in people who don't have the academic background in computer science Mm -hmm. and who want to end up with a master's level background in computer science. Right. So it is very accelerated in that sense. So, when you apply, and, and from what I've read, right, people have been rejected in the past for having too much comm science background. Mm. 
Okay. So okay. I apply at the end of July. Then from August onwards, I've basically been working nonstop in <laughs> in software development, right? Yeah. So yep. it's just learning, learning, learning. Take a break. Working, working, working. Or TAing. Take a break. Then now working, working, working. So it's called spoiling the market by being on the market. Well, I mean, yes, in a way. So, so of course, just like the amount of exposure that I've gotten is 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 just a, is going to be a lot more than people who are working like unrelated day jobs, right? If yeah. your day job is in something completely different, and then you are taking classes in the evening, it's it's not the same. And so I haven't found it to be beneficial to do the recitations and open office hours. Um, I, yeah. Like I said, I try to do the Saturday night ones because they are, com- they are a comfortable timing. But literally what I do is I get on Zoom, I turn off the video, and then I just listen. And Hang on. It's, no problems. But, uh, but- I can hear the technical problems. Mm-hmm. I and think then, my dongle has died. Which? Yeah, USB I, dongle. Okay. Right. Because you are on a 2017 MacBook Pro, right? And you are connecting yes. the Blue Yeti through a USB-C to USB-A dongle, I'm guessing? Yep. Okay. Because I, I heard that one go out. So, yeah, it's, it's back now, I think. I, yep, I, I suspect. So, I mean... I plug everything, all my USB cables to the left side port and I think it's overheating. That's, okay, so this is the other thing that, why I, why, why I switched over to Firefox for this. Um, ah. because, um, because right now, I have four things plugged in. And that's a big no-no yeah. on, the, on the MacBook Pros. So okay. yes. I have um, my, I have a USB hub plugged in because I have mm-hmm. a million and one drives. Yes. Then I have uh, USB-C to DisplayPort. Both of those are on the left side. Then I have power on the right side. Yep. And those three are what I normally have. But when I need to record, I plug in a USB interface. And I don't really have a choice. I it see. has to go on the right side. And, yes. Um, then there is the there is that chance that it overheats, and I mean, this is a known a well known problem, right? So yeah. we'll put a link. I'm hoping they fix it with the uh, uh, with the M1 MacBook Pro. I mean, we don't actually know at this point whether it's mm-hmm. been fixed. Um, MacBook right side charging. So, well, Forbes. I don't want Forbes. I'm more. Forbes is not a reliable source of tech news. No, it really isn't. Okay. Uh, Mac Rumors is more reliable. Um, I mean, Mac Rumors is actually legit. <laughs> so Yeah, it's legit. Yeah, it's, fair it's enough. Legit. So I only use the USB interface when I mm-hmm. really need to record because otherwise it, it kills the... Basically, it yeah. just kills... I, well, I, I don't know what it kills exactly, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, but basically, I only really realized that it was a problem because one day I was watching um, a Twitch stream and right. I had the port, the USB hub plugged into the, no, not USB hub, sorry, the USB interface plugged into the to the right side port. 
yes, it was pointing to the right side okay. of the port and I was listening through my headphones and then the Twitch stream yeah. kept stuttering. Oh, yeah. Sh- oh, okay. Yeah, and then I asked the people in the chat, I was like, is the stream stuttering for anybody else? And it wasn't. So I did like a quick kind of like, okay, what could possibly be the problem? And then I have iStat menus yeah. installed. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, it's running very, very hot. So, yeah, so I unplugged the USB interface and magically it lost like huh. 10 degrees. So, Holy shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm also now switching all of my devices over to USB-C. Yes. Uh, just because I, I'm just trying to wean myself off USB-A dependence. Yes. I mean, I really want to do that as well. What I really want, actually, is a CalDigit TS3 Thunderbolt dock. Because right. okay. that yeah. allows for charging and it has display port. So that would take care of two of yes. my, two of my cables. And I think... But it's not cheap, is that? No, it's 364 bucks. <laughs> well, I was looking at Mac Rumors yesterday and there was this uh, peripheral that they were recommending, which is I think like 700 bucks, which is a, a pad that goes underneath your MacBook Pro. But I think it's more the MacBook M1 Air. Right. Um, that has a one terabyte storage built in and ex- expansion ports, basically. Great. So it's like you it, when 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 used with your MacBook, it looks like two MacBooks stacked on top of each other. How many expansion ports exactly? Uh, I cannot remember. I need to look this up. But it okay, was wait, what it was super cool. Uh, what what was the wait? What was the first thing you said? It adds. Did you say it adds battery? Uh, yeah, I think so, yes. Because the the uh, thing that the M1 MacBook Air needs more of is battery life. Am I right? Right. I, I mean, think so. Okay, no, it's called I mean, the 13-inch line dock. $349. Like, what the heck? Um, that thing runs for like 20 hours without a charge. Or honestly, no right. charge. <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this to you. I'm going to put... Yeah, well, okay, I'm just going to describe this... this. this Verbally, yeah. Hang on, I'm sending this to you in in in, in Messenger. Um, right. Line dock, indeed. Yes. So. Oh no! Like one... It opened in Chrome, and all my Chrome windows open. Oh, oh no! Damn it. <laughs> Today's episode is uh, focus on technical problems. Clearly. Okay. Let's see. Line dock. <laughs> um, thirteen inch. Thirteen inch. Is that, they have a 16 inch as well. That looks like the 13 inch MacBook Pro though. It does, right? It oh no, no, no. It has it has three, it has three. Uh there are three options. Oh, no, no. It's not that there are three options. Oh no, it gives you extra storage, not extra yes. battery. Yeah, okay. No, it Is does it? give oh, you extra battery. It gives you eight hours yes. of extra battery. Like what the why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? It's it's literally an, a MacBook Pro sized peripheral. That sits underneath your MacBook Pro. <sighs> I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm. I don't know. Not for me. How about that? Not for me. <laughs> but this is also partly why I really want to wait and see what the um 16 inch M1 Max look like. Yes, although there was some shade thrown by Intel recently, right? Uh, they they found that benchmarking-wise, the Intel and uh, the Intel chips remain comparable in performance to the M1 chips. Yes, 
but I haven't seen the exact details right Me from neither. Intel. Yeah, I haven't dug but into it. But what I've yeah. read is Intel cherry picked. They picked I the things. Would. They they picked the things that their chips would be superior at, and notably right. there was zero mention of power consumption mm-hmm. in any of the yeah. benchmarks. So yeah. It's not to say that it doesn't stand up to real world use, right? But this is a constant criticism of Intel is that powerful, but power hungry. <laughs> so, yeah. Huh, it describes the government very clearly. Well, anyway, sorry, what? <laughs> uh, um, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's anyway, a fair, 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 fair characterization. Yeah. So that's also, I mean... If you listen to you know all the tech news and tech podcasts mm-hmm. and so on, there's always this question of what are they going to do with the Mac Pro? Because yes, Apple Silicon, right, and AMD in general, uh, not yeah, AMD, sorry, ARM in general, right, ARM architectures mm-hmm. in general have always been very power efficient. But as you go up, the and and that's also the reason why they became so absolutely dominant in mobile because. Nobody would put an Intel chip in a mobile phone <laughs> if it's going to like kill your battery, right? In, um, like and be very hot. Four hours. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so Intel completely lost that market, right? But they've always, mm-hmm. they kind of just doubled down on like high processing power stuff. Well, I mean, they use Celeron for, uh, Celeron is making a comeback, right? For all these mobile computing stuff. I have no idea. So to be honest, I've never okay. really been um, super into computer process. Um, well, like building a computer type gear mm. or information. Uh, right. My the extent to which I understand how computer specs work is I just need lots of RAM, yep. <laughs> lots of space. And like yep. i5 or higher is kind of like my, it's yep. kind of like when I look at a computer, does it meet these criteria? That's it. Okay, next. Unfortunately, um, my, you see my current MacBook Pro, the 2017 one, right? It doesn't have a lot of space. The RAM is adequate. The processing power is adequate, but bloody hell, the space thing is starting to, 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 to get on my nerves. Yeah. I mean, I think in, uh, in my opinion, in 2021, right? No laptop should start at 128 gigs it should be the default should be 256 for the absolute lowest end for people who do everything in the cloud right yeah Mm -hmm. and then 512 should be the default for most people and then above that if you deal with moderate amounts of storage if you deal with lots of storage chances are you you already know what you need so Mm, yeah yeah, I think one. I mean, I should gigs. have really bought this only after starting grad school. Well, no, actually, well, no. That no, that, no, well, no, that that makes no sense because when I started grad school, it was poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that grad school does. I've been I've right? been kind of like working out my my finances and trying to figure this out because for me, grad school is part time, right? And I'm paying fees. Yes. Um, yes. So I would like to finish grad school faster, not because it costs me, because I pay by the course. So mm-hmm. it doesn't cost me more to take longer to finish, right? Although tuition mm-hmm. fees can go up. So that's an, another consideration. Yeah. But the reason yeah. I want to finish faster is I want to, firstly, I want to get it out of the way. Secondly, mm-hmm. I'm, I would like to use 
the degree as a launch pad for finding another job, right? Uh, I say yes. another job as if I have a reliable one right now. I don't, <laughs> right? But basically, the idea is when I when I finish, I want to be able to say I've I've done this thing. I would like to move on in my career, right? Is is the idea? Yes, the next um, rung of the ladder. Yeah, and so I would like to finish faster. Yeah, but at the same time, if I finish faster, it means taking more classes. Yes. Which ostensibly means I probably have to more cut upfront back capital. more upfront capital and I may have to cut back on responsibilities that I can pick up at work. That's which right. then yep. means less money to pay school fees with. Yeah. So, well, I mean, a friend of mine who is a grad student in the US as well uh-huh. in, in a biology program, she her laptop basically just, just literally gave out. Uh-huh. And because grad students are paid so 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 pathetically in the US, you know, we're paid below minimum wage. She basically mm-hmm. had to, to crowdfund her new laptop. And she's in like the final year. She's writing a dissertation now. Oh, that is the worst. Yeah. That is really the I worst. I mean, someone 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 pointed out on Twitter, I think a couple weeks ago. I don't know if I can find that tweet again, but basically grad school is a race against type to see if you can finish your dissertation before your laptop gives out. Right. And the unfortunate thing for, for most people is that um, you can really only afford one laptop during grad school. Okay. So, yep. good luck to you. I, I yep. vaguely remember um, an acquaintance of mine who was doing a PhD at the time. Something about her laptop giving out because she played too much Dota. But I think that <laughs> might be a different conversation. Wait, is Dota that intensive on the system? I don't know. I don't play it. Uh, fair enough. Speaking of games, <laughs> I bought a Nintendo yeah, Switch. But let's go. Well, what can, uh, Switch is in Switch Switch or Switch Lite? Switch Switch. Oh my. Wow. Yep. Look who's fancy. I have a Switch Lite. Uh, I bought it because for, I don't want to pay for the full switch. I bought it for a very specific reason, which is I really wanted to try Ring Fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yes, so I okay. was because obviously a lot has been written about it, and then right, I was finally curious enough to look up um, a Twitch streamer streaming okay. it. And it looked too hilarious to pass up. Well, I mean, so, so the, the other I upside is now you can be disappointed by Pokemon Sword and Shield. I, okay, so I've already been disappointed mm. by the price. <laughs> Sword and Shield I is what? 60 bucks still, is it? 60 USD, yeah. Ugh. And then before USD, that's before adding on the two expansions as well. The expansions, and then I think the Let's Go um, games are another. Oh no! Screw, screw the Let's Go! Don't bother! Don't bother! Let's Go! It's just a remake of the first gen. No, I know that. I know that because again, I've seen the the streams yeah. of it, but yeah. I think. Okay, so here's here's where I'm ambivalent about Pokemon, which is that. I have sufficient nostalgia for the mm-hmm. early generations that I'm. I will happily play the remakes. Um, okay. But the other thing is, I know that a lot of people were not a fan of the of the Pokemon catching mechanic in Let's Go. Right. But yes. I am 
let me let me put it this way. Like I'm curious about it. Whether or not it's a game that I will, you know, whether whether it's a oh, mechanic yeah. that I will actually enjoy, and it's another story, right? But I would like to try it. From what well, I've seen, I I still think you should play either sword or shield. Just I don't know because I'm waiting to share in my misery. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I I I don't know about that. I mean, the the price is really um a barrier. That's one thing. Is, the other thing is, is huge. Yeah. The other thing is. When I look at, um, okay, so, so let me put it this way. Ring Fit was expensive because you have to get the accessories. Peripheral. And also, yeah. um, I don't know if this makes any difference. I, I don't think it makes any difference, but uh, Ring Fit is only available as a cartridge. You can't download it. I, uh, oh, I oh okay. yeah, I have no idea if that makes any meaningful difference to the price. I doubt it because it's Nintendo. So they probably charge right. the same for digital and for the cartridge yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, then I signed up for the Nintendo Online trial. But honestly, ah. I think I'll probably just go for the, the annual subscription because it's $20 USD a year. That's true. Wait, get... So what, does it, what benefit does it bring? Yeah. I think there are some demos that you get access to. But the thing that I'm most interested in is that you get um, an NES and SNES emulator plus about 100 oh. games from Nintendo's back catalogue. Right. And okay. that well, is see... Super Mario, the, basically mm. most of the Mario, Mario Kart, Super Mario mm-hmm. World, um, Gradius, F-Zero, Metroid, uh, Zelda. Zelda must have been... Yeah, mm-hmm. Zelda. So Punch-Out! So a lot of the games that okay. I have read about, heard about, watched games of, yeah. um, but never actually played, or games that I mm-hmm. played, but never played properly, like SMB. Right. SMB, I think yes. I only reached like World 1-4 and that's it. <laughs> really? Okay, okay. Yeah. And um, the other thing well, I noted actually mm-hmm. was this playing SMB on the NES emulator on the Switch. This is the first time that I've played a non-pirated version of SMB. <laughs> okay, that's that's a fair, uh, fair, fair point. So, right. the, so. The, I think the only benefit if you play only, I mean, because I've, I've only have one, one Switch game and it's Pokemon. Right. Um, um, I, I know there are other games, but I'm, I've just got so much fatigue from everything else that I, I have no, no time to think about those. Yeah. But the benefit of having the Nintendo subscription is that, okay, no. Well, if you don't have the Nintendo subscription, which I don't have, you can't access online features like trading. Right, yeah. What, what they used to call Wonder Trade, which is, I think, no longer called Wonder Trade here. So Wonder Trade was, I think, from Gen 5 onwards, where you could send random Pokemon out into the ether and then a random Pokemon will, from someone else will appear in your poke, in your inbox. That and is most of them hilarious somehow. But once in yeah. a while you're gonna have people seeding out like you know the the breeding the breeding off cuts <laughs> that they that they have. Off-cuts. So like you know like uh uh say uh uh, uh a Dratini with just subpar IVs. Okay. Uh but you know perfect uh uh, perfect nature and and with the right breeding uh, uh breeding moves but just just that you know not perfect iv then you can use that to to see your own breeding operation as well oh my god make it sound like a puppy mill 
it kind of is. It re- no, at some point it is, right? If you're trying to... And, or, the other thing also is that, you know, it's easier to get shinies if you have a uh, traded Pokemon. Oh, all right. There's a, there's a mathematical form- uh, formula for this. I cannot remember exactly what it is. But okay. apparently if you have uh, traded Pokemon, it's easier to breed a shiny. This is time for Bulbapedia. Shiny yes. Pokemon. <laughs> Uh, the something method uh, starts with M. Let me also put in um, the Ring Fit stream that I saw that finally got me... Let me see. Where is this? Yeah, that finally got me um, to actually... This is a stupid ad from... Is this the one? The Matsuda method. There we go. The Matsuda method. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so... I should not have embedded that video, but I think it's fine. Then shiny Pokemon, the Matsuda method. Is that is that yeah, on well, the, I put on it the in list? Uh, you put on. it in? Okay, great. Oh, I'm putting it in. Hang on. Anyway, uh, um, Ring Fit is a bit of a trip, I have to say. <laughs> because <laughs> if you... Yeah. If you've never seen it played... <laughs> <laughs> it does is, it actually work? Does it actually do? You know, have some kind of cardiac ca- cardio impact on you? Cardiac impact. Uh, I don't cardiac know about impact. that. Cardiac <laughs> impact. Cardiac um, impact. It's a punch to the chest. Well, the thing is, there are quite uh, there's quite a range of intensity levels. I've been playing at like level four, so out of like level, I I don't know how high it goes. To be honest, I think it's like thirty. Not sure though. So. At level four, it's very, um, it's very low grade still, right? But if you really wanted to go hard, I I don't know if this is the the stream where he did it, um. But his first time playing Ring Fit, this guy Point Crow, his first time playing Ring Fit, his stream convinced him to set like extreme difficulty. It was a terrible idea, right? And uh, what what it actually means, the difficulty setting, is that in order to deal the same amount of damage, you have to do more reps. Okay, and so okay. the way that the game works, right, is you move through the overworld by jogging on the spot. Okay, so you have the two right. Joy-Cons. One is strapped to your leg, your left leg, and then the other one is on the, the ring con, the ring controller. And um, you jog through the overworld. If you jog faster, you move faster. If you are wading through like a puddle or mud or whatever, you have to do knee lifts. Or if you're going up the stairs, you have to lift your knees up higher. Okay. okay. And um, you move through the your your path through through the overworld is is kind of determined in the sense that you can't like wander off somewhere and do whatever you want. So there is a, a track that you'll be guided along. Um, okay. Then as you move through things, as you move through the world, you get drops, right? That like crates that you have to blast open by pressing in on the Rincon. So that's a press. And Wait, so then, how much was the Rincon? It was, um, uh, I think I bought it for 116, including the game. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay, wow. Okay, if sorry, you yeah. buy the Rincon by itself, I don't know whether it's like, I don't know whether you buy 
whether you can buy like the Nintendo Rincon by itself, what I've seen is about 40, mm-hmm. which works out to be about, you know, 40 plus for the controller and then 60 plus for the game, which is about Would half of the cost. this be something that there are like OEM versions, pirated hardware I like for? That, I feel like just... there must be. But <laughs> right? I also The Chinese must think... have gotten on this game. But I also think if this is a game where you can only buy... Maybe this is the reason that the game is only available in cartridge form. Um, mm. So that you are incentivized to buy the the original right. Nintendo ring card. But anyway... Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, exactly. So you go around and you pick up items either by shooting them with when, when they're in crates, for example. Or you mm-hmm. pull the ring to vacuum up items like coins <laughs> okay and like yes and um the whole premise of ring con uh, ring con of ring fit um i mean ring fit has like mini games and adventures but the adventure portion right the rpg portion everyone talks about the premise of it is that there is this evil bodybuilding dragon follow <laughs> follow along right okay. who exemplifies i've all never the- heard these words in the same sentence before but yes go on <laughs> Yes, I mean, the whole game is meant to be a satire, but at the, not a satire, a parody. But at the same time, you can't help... you. It, it's also like, are you really joking? I can't really tell. So the, the antagonist is called Drago, and he is an evil bodybuilding dragon who has become obsessed with fitness. And his, yes, yes. I mean, dragons must have a hobby as well, to be fair. <laughs> I know, right? So uh, his former training partner is Ring. So the Ring Con in the game is actually a ring, right? Um, yes. Yep. And Ring is like your guide through this world. Basically, um, Ring and Drago had a falling out. <laughs> and yes, at the start As of the game, as it would happen, yes. Yeah, at the, at the start As of the game, common. you have like the story, right? The the, the cutscene where they explain like, what's going on in this world, and then you're just teleported to this world that you don't belong in, and um, you pick up the ring, and then there is this whole scene where Drago, you know, like appears and flies away, and then the ring is like, oh, we must stop him, and you know you're not around. You're not from around here, are you? It's fine. I will help you. All this, all that nonsense stuff that happens in RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> Did Square Enix write this story? I don't know. I I don't know. So <laughs> this sounds very Final Fantasy. <laughs> I don't know, but the whole the whole thing is ridiculous. I think Nintendo knew going in that the only way they could get away with it was to make the whole thing ridiculous because nobody can handle such an absurd premise. Unless it's done in a like wink, you know, kind of style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the idea is um, ring. I'm only at world four. There are 23 worlds. Ring keeps right. talking about Drago's dark influence. I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how you have to stop Drago. Otherwise, he will spread his dark influence all around the world. But um, yeah, so anyway. It's called CrossFit. <laughs> It might be actually, sadly, <laughs> uh, because supposedly the the evil influence is like an obsession with with fitness, so it may not be too Crossfit. far off. Yes. <laughs> so you move through the overworld, and then you occasionally run into monsters, 
you might mm-hmm. see one to five of them at a time, right? And just like Pokemon, like double and triple battles, there are moves that attack a single opponent. There are moves that attack. No, no, all this is Final opponents. Fantasy. Okay, Final <laughs> Fantasy. I've never played that, but yeah. So <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, this is this is Pokemon from Gen six on uh, Gen Gen six onwards, where you yeah. have um, not just multi battles, but um, swarming. Oh no, no. This was I think okay. introduced in uh, Sun and Moon, or was it uh, X and Y? Okay. Where basically um, the Pokemon you fight can call for help, and then another one can show up, and another one can show up, and another one can show up. Uh, and, okay. and in Sun and Moon, chaining. Some Pokemon can only be caught. Uh, the, in particular, the one that pisses off the most people is, um, I think it's Corsola. Okay. Normally, a fairly you know reasonably easy Pokemon to catch in other games, but Corsola and Sun and Moon was a pain in the ass to catch because right. you had to chain through like round after round after round of um, was it Marini? I think it's Marini, which is a sea urchin Pokemon, um, in order to get that one ass Corsola that might show up like twenty cycles in. Right. Okay. It's like a 5% show up rate per, 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 per call. Okay. Right? So if you, if the Pokemon you're fighting calls for help, there's a 5% chance the Corsola will show up. Right. Okay. Yes. But the chaining effect is also important in Sun and Moon because uh, the further down the chain you go, the better IVs the Pokemon will have. Huh. And the higher chance the Pokemon down a chain, uh, there's a higher chance it will have its hidden ability. Right. Okay. Yes. That's a very, <laughs> very interesting, interesting. In it's quote, tedious mechanic. Yeah. It's extremely tedious mechanic. <laughs> yeah. But I, I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm. This I'm was torn, never done for Sword and Shield. Yeah, I am torn about it because it it doesn't sound that fun. It, it, it's not, you know. I I mean, yeah. It. For the people who like the grind, sure. I mean, I okay. I I enjoy some level of game grinding, but this is just pushing it. I think. Yeah. yeah. I anyway. Don't know. Anyway, yes. going back to Ring Fit, I mean, it has your typical turn-based battle mechanics, right? Of, um, yes. You have attacks. They have varying power range, recovery rates, stuff like that. Um, the attacks they are grouped into. They call them colors. But they are clearly like, you know, which elements. muscles are being worked. Well, not elements. Oh, okay. They are like, which, <laughs> what type of movements there are. So there are upper body movements, lower body movements, um, core movements, and yoga movements. And um, okay. the enemies are also color-coded. So like a red opponent is going to be weak to upper body movements. A blue huh. opponent is going to be weak to lower body movements and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And um, I'm assuming that so far what I've seen is that every world ends with trying to defeat Drago. I assume that means that in order to complete the game, I will have to fight and beat Drago 23 times. So, I'm uh, looking this forward to This is making that. me want to buy this game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think with Ring Fit, you will know very quickly whether or not this is a game you want to play. Yep. (laughs) And I, yeah, I I really can't, I really can't describe the appeal other than how absurd the whole thing is. Mm. Mm. Yep. 
Yeah. Mm. And of course, the, the <laughs> thing is, the thing is, the movements, right? They. So here is here's something that is interesting from a game design point of view, which is you have your ring con, which simulates a basically is a Pilates toning ring. Yeah. Then yeah. you have the Joy-Con that's strapped to your left thigh, which is essentially a form of pedometer, but the way that they've done it, right, rather than like clipping it to your waist, because like most pedometers will be attached to your waist or to, to the hip mm-hmm. or something along those lines. But by having them strap it around the, 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 the thigh, there is an additional piece of information that they can gain, which is what is your leg angle. And... Ah, yes. Yeah, and to be honest, this is something that in the sport of powerlifting, we should just have this in powerlifting because one of the rules of mm. powerlifting, right, uh, especially IPF, International Powerlifting Federation, um, mm-hmm. is that in the squat, your hips must drop below parallel. And what they define parallel as is that I think something like the top of the kneecap Right has to be level with the top of the the thigh or something like that, but right. it is the source of so many disputes among powerlifters. Right, it's like people will will post their training videos and be like, "Oh, that was not parallel," and then people will argue back, but they'll be like, "Oh yeah, but you know, if your camera is not at knee height, then <laughs> you know things will always look high or God knows what." Yep. Basically, those types of arguments, right? And then if you go too deep... Parallax right, error. It's parallax error, basically. Then the other thing is if you go too deep, because again, it is a sport. If you if you mm-hmm. squat too deep, you are actually putting yourself at a disadvantage because it mm-hmm. means that you could lift more if you can hit exactly parallel. Yep. And honestly, it's amazing to me why they don't just... It's trivial at this point with the technology that we have hmm. to just put a sensor on your leg. And then end of discussion. Yes. Anyway, yep. Yep. ring fit <laughs> can <laughs> figure out whether your like what the angle your of your thigh is, right? And so it knows, for example, how high you're lifting your knees, how deep you're squatting, uh, if you're sitting on the floor, how much you're bending your, your knees and things like that. Um, but right. it is an interesting kind of question of sorts because if you think about okay so I was looking at the speedrun leaderboards for ring fit and yes of course there are people speedrunning ring fit mm-hmm. and um, I think the category that sees the most activity is finish world one I could be wrong about that okay so that's very doable because like the, the top records right now especially if you play at the lowest intensity can finish it in under mm-hmm. 10 minutes so, Is that right? Okay, okay. Yeah, but there are also people who have run the entire game start to finish. That Speed is run. on the order of, I think, like 20 hours? 20 Good hours, okay. yes. Like, that is an extreme sport by itself. So it's no Pokemon, though. <laughs> um, well, well, it depends on <laughs> what you mean by... Well, what is your goal, yeah. right? Because Pokemon uh, yeah. is speed run usually in about four hours. Yeah. So yeah, fair. Um, any percent? Any percent is 
the fastest speed so far is 12 hours. Any percent. Any okay. percent meaning... Meaning, finish the game, but you don't have to do like side quests and everything. Right? Yep. 100%. Um, the current record is 21 hours. And oh yes, oh, wow. there is intensity level 30 is the maximum. <laughs> and somebody has speed run 100% intensity level 30. <laughs> and the current record is 28 hours. <clears throat> okay. For that, yeah. So anyway, God. I'm going to put this in the show notes as well. Um, Fair but enough. you'll notice that there is an intended category and a not intended category. And the rules for these two categories, right, are that intended means you play the game as intended. Mm-hmm. Not intended means you are <laughs> welcome to manipulate the motion sensors in whatever way ah. allows you to complete the game fastest. So it says, for example, right. right, like timer starts when you, this is for not intended. Timer starts when you gain control of your character on the map in adventure mode. Time stops on completion of the victory pose at the end of the final boss. This is okay. any percent. Yeah. Start the game and beat the boss, beat the final boss as quickly as possible. Video proof, proof is required. And then um, blah, blah, blah. Any method to complete an action is allowed. And then in contrast, intended has the rule at the bottom that says actions must be done the way the game instructs based off of if you are using normal or silent mode, which is another thing um, because not everybody lives in a place where they can jog on the spot and not be disruptive. Um, Like my old place in New York. Mm -hmm. I, I will never get over the fact that when I was changing the bed sheets my neighbor downstairs yeah would complain about it anyway <laughs> so silent mode yeah. is where you do squats instead of jogging sounds yeah. awful um all hey, running what, and, I, uh-huh. sorry i wonder if anyone has tried playing their uh ring fit in the middle of a public park in new york given how shitty the apartments are in new york i think i mean whole bunch of people using their <laughs> ring fits in Central Park or Prospect Park. But I mean, the difficulty is you need to jog on the spot because unless you're going to carry your yeah. switch around. But you need to see yeah. the screen though. You do. <laughs> Wear some kind of head harness thing that allows to <laughs> mount. I don't know. I, I mean, at that point, you might as well... like You might as well jog VR, for you real. You might as well just jog for real. Yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> So yeah, all running exercises must meet how the game intends it to be done in that mode. I.e. do not do actual high steps in silent mode. No using of exploits as a result of under calibration. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, particularly with running calibration submissions where running appears to be under calibrated will be rejected. Then it says um, body camera showing each of the exercises is required for intended categories. I mean, it, it, you know, going back to your broader point, it will be interesting to see how switch technology or switches are adapted to non, you know, gaming purposes. Just like how, um, what was that? The uh, the, the Microsoft uh, thing with the 3D sensor. What? Uh, what? Um, the, the, what? That game platform that, that senses your body movement. Oh, the Kinect. That maps out your body. 
the Kinect, sorry, the Kinect was adapted for lots of engineering purposes as well. Yeah. And I'm wondering if, you know, the the the, the Switch, you know, with the Joy-Cons might be actually very useful yep. outside of just strict gaming functions, like fitness, I mean, for example. Yeah, I mean, if you think about VR, right, the Switch is not mm-hmm. far off in terms of its ability to mimic um, a lot of the the controls of VR. Obviously, if you're talking That's about... Right the actual headset, right? Because VR mm-hmm. is primarily about what the user sees. And the, well, it's like, two things, the, right? It's your coordinate yeah. system and then the projection yeah. system. So the projection system lies in the helmet. Correct. But the coordinate sensing system is your orientation system. Yeah. And I mean, we've had that since the days of the Wii and the Kinect. Mm. So, yes, uh, that's and, true. And now it's sufficiently advanced that I'm actually kind of curious what... Um, what engineering goes into the Joy-Cons because I can't quite figure out exactly how they are calculating uh, or determining this, this type of stuff. For example, right, one of the movements in, uh, in, in Ring Fit is the bow pull where you hold the ring almost like a bow and you pull it. I and see, yes. they will specify, okay, hold the left side forward now switch sides. And oh. this should be a very simple thing. I mean, it doesn't feel like it needs to be that complicated, but I keep thinking, what sensor does that? Yeah. Or how, you know, how are they utilizing the accelerometer to do that, to calculate yeah. certain things, right? Yeah, hmm. because, I mean, in, in either direction, gravity is the same, right? But how do you know yes. which side is facing the TV because well it's the strength of the vibration then right because it's the time from release to the and the vibrational um, the the, the period of the vibration right but then the thing is you actually have to hold it still to calibrate Mm. the ring con so there is a point at which you're basically told okay hold the left side up now hold the right side up but how does it know which side is forward I mean, there that, must be it's good. <clears throat> there must be some I'm calibration sure. going yeah. on. This yeah, reminds yeah. me of a YouTube channel called Stuff. Is it called Stuff Made Here? Um, it's there's been an explosion of engineering based YouTube channels recently. Uh huh. There's the guy who made the anti theft uh, uh, Amazon uh, Rober, delivery yeah. thing, right? Mark Rober. But there's another guy. I can't remember what his name is off the top of my head. Is it called Stuff Made Here? Hang on, huh? Yes, okay. Shane Whiten. Um, ah, who, yes, who, I know this. Yeah, he's. I, uh, I he's. I, I think this, yeah. he, he, his work is mostly on three D printing. So he's got a whole bunch of CNC machines in his house, like a, a ridiculous amount of CNC machines in his house. Um, and he made this um, basketball net that always allows you to sink a basket because it adjusts its position based on the calculated trajectory of your throw. Right. I, I know about this because um, relatively early on, he had a collaboration with um, Smarter Every Day. Yes, um, uh, this is the, the, the golf court, the golf, uh, the, 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 the golf the, ball thing. No, the one I saw was the exploding Baseball. bat. The exploding, yes, the exploding yeah. bat, yeah. 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 And I mean, at the time, it's He doesn't post very wild. often, I think. He, yeah. He, he doesn't seem like the kind of person who is terribly interested in running a YouTube channel. No, because he has a day job. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> supposedly so does Destin Sandlin of Smarter Every Day, mm. but but Destin, I think, has been well established that he is yes. crazy. Being um, <laughs> what <laughs> you know, working at was it Redstone Arsenal? He he worked at um at a Department of Defense facility while oh, doing okay. while doing Smarter Every Day, and I think since what? then he has left. I, okay. I I don't know. I'm guessing he has left because he is now uh, officially a PhD student or PhD candidate uh, at U of Alabama Huntsville, I think. Right. And he also yeah, has he, four kids. Uh, so he has four kids. Yeah. I don't understand how he does everything, <laughs> but he yeah he's crazy. Well, Shane Whiten. So I think he last posted a month ago, um, but he's made some pretty. Cool. I mean, yes, there, there is the exploding, go- uh, exploding baseball bat. He made this robot that cuts your hair. Uh, I think mixed I see results. that, yes. Yes. Uh, but the the, uh, the, uh, the the automatic hoop is the one I think that's got the most views on his channel. Six, 6.2 million views. Okay. And I think, oh, it, yeah. does it use a Kinect? It, uses a, it does use a Kinect to sense the trajectory of the ball, incoming ball. It calculates oh. the trajectory. Well, it sense, senses the velocity and the, the, the movement of the ball, calculates the trajectory, and then adjusts within a few milliseconds the, base, uh, the basketball hoop uh, and the backboard to right. uh, ensure that the, the ball goes in. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm. that is, I mean, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Right, that is a. I'm I'm thinking of um, Tazbot. So I'm trying to embed mm. that video, and it's not going into Notion, and I don't understand why. Come on, okay, come on. I mean, so the the, the broader point, of course, going back to what we were originally bloody wait, wait, talking wait. about. I, I I need to I need to kind of cut in here because I'm going to try and embed. Uh, okay. yeah, I can go ahead and try and embed it. Yeah, thank yep. you very much. So Tazbot is um t- uh, a Taz, right? is a tool-assisted okay. speedrun. Mm-hmm. And what that usually entails is either um, you play a game under emulation and you mm-hmm. specify at this frame, put in this input. Oh. And that it's like allows a, you... It's a macro, basically. In a sense, yeah. And that allows you to... You, you can't read uh, inputs from the game. Right, uh, mm-hmm. or you can't read like feedback from the game. You just have to know at this frame, put in this input, yep. and that allows you to play any game basically, frame perfectly. <laughs> um, of course, there are always problems with this approach. Right, one is desyncing, and that is when yep. your emulator and your inputs come fall out of sync. Yes. Okay, so that can happen. Um, then. Anyway, that's tool-assisted speedruns in general. Then there is more specific kind of subset, I guess, of runs called TASBOT runs. So TASBOT is a fixture at GDQ. And um, <laughs> what it is, is it's an interface, I guess I would call it, okay. that allows you to send um, inputs to an existing console. So you take a real console, right? Like you take a mm-hmm. real NES or a real like GameCube or whatever. I don't know which which consoles can actually um, be tasked this way, but you take a real console, 
right? And a real game cartridge and like real hardware. And then you hook up Tasbot to it. Um, and huh. then Tasbot plays the game. Okay. Right? Wow. And shit. this is how you would play, uh, do a tool assisted speedrun on original hardware. And this makes me feel like this is a bit of a, a tool assisted <laughs> basketball machine, basically. Of course, the difference here is that um, it's actually reading, there's a feedback loop, which as far yes. as I'm aware, doesn't happen in tests. With a test, you have to know up front exactly how you're going to, to play the entire game start to finish. Right. But this is... I mean, this obviously has a lot of other applications because it's a proof of concept, right? But you can imagine cases where this could be useful as an actual physical product somehow. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. so the I fair mean, enough, fair enough. Yeah, I mean it's I, also interesting because he documents the the manufacturing and he he manufactures many of the parts on his own because he yeah. is obviously an expert in three D printing. Yeah, uh, or as as they say in the industry, about additive manufacturing, I believe it's called now. <laughs> um, I've been wondering yeah, what the just, heck though that actually is because um, on printing. like yeah on Skills Future. Right, you mm-hmm. keep seeing courses for additive manufacturing. I'm the moment I see manufacturing, I'm like, okay, that's probably not for me. But I see <laughs> no, because EDP is strongly pushing 3D printing now uh, as, a, right. as, a, as one of the new sort of industries we're going to be diversifying into because it's not very human intensive. It's uh, it's very robot intensive. It's, so it's high skill. It's not very space intensive either as well. That's true. And yeah. we need it for building. Right, we need it for. There's another um factor with, so yeah. Oh. Did not know that mm-hmm. did not know that, that was a thing now. Uh because well, well, no, all, most this... of our new HDB BTOs are all prefabs now. So it's the, the units are individually prefabbed uh, at a factory, then transported to the locality and just installed. So it's much faster rather than having to set up scaffolds, cast yeah. concrete on the spot, lay your concrete. So the only no, concrete I mean, casting you're doing is the, the prefab part the is fitting. not the surprising part. The surprising mm. part to me is that 3D printing is actually has that big of a role in building prefab houses. I think that's so. That's not. I mean, that's not reality yet. But I think EDB right. is exploring. You know, using this, using 3D printing, especially concrete based 3D printing, to accelerate right. the prefab process. Right, but I mean, because the thing is, right now, 3D printing, we think of it as a very small scale kind of enterprise for the most yeah. part. Right. Um, not really suited for industrial users, at least the way that we mm-hmm. think of it. But the fact that... Well, not just small scale, but for bespoke applications. Yeah. So I need yeah. a specific part that's you know, not available, mass, mass, mass market. I'll make it myself right. using an AutoCAD and a 3D printer. Right. But I mean, I think the... It, it's not like an either-or situation, right? Like you can mm-hmm. have 3D printing for industrial purposes at scale. Yep. Uh, but yep. at the same time, you can also have, you know, consumer level 3D printing at scale. That's probably Correct. possible, uh, especially if it's not entirely, especially if there's a, like a medium level of customization, like too much for, to, to do it by hand and too little to, you know, spin out a factory line and 
And, yeah, and but I mean, also there's going to be concerns about strength, you know, because 3D printing yeah. doesn't probably have a probably has a much lower structural integrity. Yeah. Okay. But you anyway. know, I'm not an expert. I do have a friend who's an expert on this, but yeah, this is just me talking out my ass. <laughs> but anyway, yes, this YouTube yeah. channel is super cool because not only does he do 3D printing, but he also has, I think I mentioned like four CNC machines in his basement or in his workshop. Like, right. who needs that many CNC machines? I, I, he has I don't a laser know. cutter. <laughs> it's, what the hell? I don't know. I mean, look, my, my dad has a 3D printer at home. Mm, fair. So if he could, he would have... A, a laser CNC cutter machine. and a CNC mill and yeah, everything. If he could. <laughs> if he could. Yep. Yep. Anyway, I think this is probably a good place to stop. Yes. Um, uh, but no, I mean, this. I'm not shilling for anyone, but go and watch the, the channel because what the hell? Yeah. I, I mean, having seen his stuff on um, Smarter Every Day, mm. this is a guy that you definitely want to follow because I think when he just showed up on Smarter Every Day I think everybody had a where has this guy where did he come from <laughs> like people don't he's just he's also very good with the explanations yeah. I think the most the most important part is he's very good with explaining the principles yeah um, he doesn't go deep into the mathematics but he goes deep enough such that you know I mean things like kinematics and velocity you can you can explain fairly easily to model how a basketball is going to it's yep. going to, 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 to move, right? You just take a few keyframes and you can use that to extrapolate how it's going to move with a reasonable amount of accuracy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, so on and so forth. I think when he first appeared on, on Smarter Every Day, it's like this guy just emerged like fully formed <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> onto like a, yeah. you know, a channel with millions of subscribers. So yeah, I yep. have no doubt that yep. all his stuff is crazy. So the fifth, okay. The, yeah, fifty cal bat. Holy shit! <laughs> All right, so let's just finish up here, and yes. uh, you can find the show notes for this episode at monkeymind.xyz/slash zero one eight, and uh, we will record sometime. Yes, whenever. Whenever. Okay. Till next time. Till next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.